Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Here we are, lazing on a sunny afternoon in the springtime. First day of spring, and I can see both Adam and Paul got a spring in the step. How are you doing, Adam? Very well, thanks. Got a bit of a tan yesterday, not East Ham. Paul? Yeah, good, thanks. You? Yes, very excited as we're getting to the business end. Let's get straight into it. We're going to Athletic 4, Markham 1. I'd have taken 1-0 before the game, to be honest with you, just to get them points on the board. But we set off like a, a runaway train, I thought, at the beginning of the game. Absolutely superb. First 10 minutes, then it slowed down a bit. And then we actually got the goal just on, on the 20-minute mark. What a start to the game. Real sort of pace to our attacks, which I think was very good. Passing was crisp. We just didn't get that bounce of the ball, really, in the box in the first 10 minutes. But then, I don't know if we took our foot off the gas or Morecambe just grew into the game. They had a bit of a spell. And then I think we kind of scored against the runner play. Josh McGinnis, second goal in two games. Another quality header. Great header at Crew. Thought another quality header yesterday. Tendaira Dariqua, two assists. That was his first one. His second one was a bit fluky. We'll talk about it in a minute. But that was a great cross into the box. Yeah, it was. It was a very well taken header as well. You look how far out he is and, and how he's placed it. Probably not so many could actually do that. Better than it. Then it looked, you know, it just looked like from where I was in the East End, it looked routine. But when you look on the uh, replay, there was a bit more quality in there than you perhaps think on first viewing. Morgan came into it a little bit and started to knock the ball around. And I thought the, the teams at the bottom that we've played, for me, they're the best, you know, they've looked the best team down there. And they had a, a chance when, if you remember in the first half, Amos came out for a ball, punched it, player was under a bit of pressure, and it dropped for a midfielder of Morecambe. We with it, and Amos produced an absolutely breathtaking save where he tipped the ball over. And if that would have gone in, it would have been one apiece, and you start scratching your heads a little bit. But fair play to the lads, kept at it. Jason Kerr had a, a good header at the far post, which was comfortable for their keeper. But then uh, he, he got that goal where we were all saying, had it gone over the line, had it not? But there wasn't any complaints from the Morecambe players, were there? They accepted the decision. And it was good to see him get off the mark in the league, scoring his first league goal for us. So we came out in the second half. To be honest with you, I thought we'd settle for 2-0. But we wasn't given the choice to because penalty. Dylan Connolly, who Tom from Shrimps Online had picked out last week as a danger man, he stepped up and, and put it away. But the penalty itself came from a, a Cull Stockton effort, which was handled from about two feet away by Maxi Power. The rules of the game say that his hand's away from his side. It's clearly struck his hand. The referee points to the penalty. Are they a bit unfair when it's so close? Do you think, or or if his hands out, that's it. You take, you take, you know, you take the consequences. It wasn't deliberate handball, was it? It's, it's just no, one of those I, where if your hands away from your body and it hits your hand, and they give them now regardless of how close you are. Yeah, it annoys me that because, like you say, deliberate handball is the offence. It's not. The ball touching your hand is an offence. It's deliberate handball. If, if it hits your hand and your hands away from your body, you get a penalty, and that's it. But it seemed what wakes us up, I thought. I know Liam Richardson has said in his post-match comments that he thought we angled the rest of that half very professionally. I'd say more or less, yeah. I think the first five minutes after it, we were a bit, thought we got a little bit panicky at times, kicking the ball up in the air, not getting it clear properly. But, you know, the key players took control again. You know, I think Naylor and Power got hold of the game by the scruff of the neck and... We worked our way back into it and probably from about an hour onwards, we pretty much just controlled it in frisky area, didn't we? Some of that's them getting the tails up, having just scored a penalty and thinking, hang on, we've got a chance of nicking a point here. 
you ride that a little bit with your clearances. And then once you just get on top of it a little bit again, the, the control started to come back. I didn't think, certainly from the point where Keno scored, you didn't think it was going any other direction than the three points to the home team, did you? Obviously, Humphrey scored pretty quickly after that and absolutely nailed it. Yeah, again, another professional performance. We've had plenty of them against these lower league te- uh, lower in the league teams. Uh, talking to Keno, his statements after the game, it was probably going in the back of the net, but I felt like I had to make sure. You don't score 20 goals in a season without nicking one or two off your teammates, do you? He also commented that he thinks, I don't think Niels is too pleased with me. So it's probably a bit of a goal-scoring bonus there. That's diverted its way from Tom Niels' pay packet into Will Keane's. He's a yard out and he's making sure that ball's going in the back of the net. So he's on the pitch for. It stops a defender coming from nowhere and clearing it, doesn't it? Well, there were yeah. two defenders sat on the back sides online, so they, they were, there was nobody near it. What a season Will Keane's having goal-scoring-wise. I mean, he's up there now, second in the league chart. We're going to come to that as a end-of-podcast topic. We're going to talk about that, so I'll leave that till then. But what a season he's having, and, and he could have had another goal as well, couldn't he, with his dancing feet? When he, he, fell, he, fell over, he fell over his dancing feet. Yeah. He looked, he looked like dancing feet after he'd had about ten pints. You look good for a minute, and then you lose your you lose your step and fall over. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was through. We were through there once. He, he he was laughing and cursing at the same time when he was on the floor. But within a minute of Keane scoring, Steve Humphries got the goal that his performance deserved, and it was all about determination. But what I've got to point out is the absolute fantastic assist from Tendai Dariqua. The vision there. Fantastic. <laughs> For those who don't know what it was, it was Rattle and hit him on the back of the head and just dropped to Humphreys who uh, put it in. If you've, not, if you've not seen this goal, anybody who's listening, have a look at the highlights on Latic's official website. From the kickoff after Keane scored to Humphreys putting it in the back of the net, we get, we get the ball off Markham around the edge of our 18-yard box and just work it back up. It's about 45 seconds in total. The determination that Stevie Humphreys shows is just... Well, it sums him up for me. Absolutely superb. Can I just mention a special mention to Cole Stockton for the stupidest yellow card you were ever going to see? You fall one down, he's time-wasting, kicking the ball away, and he got yellow carded for it. I know we've had mention of Lange picking up a few daft ones, but, I mean, you're time-wasting when you're behind and kicking the ball away and picking the yellow card up. Absolute bloody head the ball. I think you were very frustrated yesterday because Watmore had a great game against him. We know he's a yeah. quality player. He is a quality player, Stockton. League one Bobby Moore, he uh, certainly had him in his back pocket yesterday. Their fans were good as well, I thought. Noisy all the way through. Considering oh yeah, I've got to give a shout out. Uh, I met up with them in the Wigan Central and we had a, a few drinks and there was quite a good atmosphere in there, full of Markham fans. who was all coming over chatting, wanted to talk about our history, non-league history, and how pleased they are that they follow us and so pleased that we give Bolton a good hiding because guess what? They don't like Bolton either. <laughs> so it was uh, it was very good. We walked down the canal, nobody ended up in the canal, you know, it was one of them. What do you make of uh, the official yesterday, James Alden? For me, he thought he liked the game floor. He missed a penalty for us, I thought, in the second half. Josh McGuinness threw, got tripped up in the box. I thought it was a penalty. thought he was half-decent. Unnoticed by me. So, yeah, that, that's the epitome of half-decent, isn't it, from a referee? He only gave one yellow card out, which is a new thing for us, wasn't it? None to the, any Wigan Athletic players. I'll read the stats out while I'm talking about that. 61% possession with 20 shots with 10 on target. Markham had five with two. Committed six fouls to Markham's 10. No yellows. As Paul mentioned, 
Cole Stockton picked up a yellow for Morecambe. A sentence of 10,072. As far as performances went, Humphreys, Dorico, Naylor, Watmore, Kerr, Power, McGuinness, McLean, all caught the eye, I thought, yesterday. Looked very good. It was hard to pick anybody out. I think McLean in particular, there were a number of occasions where he had good runs and there were a number of occasions where he was crying out for the ball to be played wide to him. And uh, it stayed like in the middle and over on the other side. We're talking about performances. The Progress with Unity Man of the Match was voted for by the listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. Is Wigan Athletics number 39, Stevie Humphreys. And he got almost 50% of the votes. But they were spread out. So I'll read the names of every player who picked a vote up. Humphreys, Naylor, Dariqua, Kerr, Watmore, McGuinness, McLean, Tilt and Keane. So there's quite a few that are picking, picking the votes up. Kerr was in second place with Dariqua in third and McGuinness and Naylor sure in fourth spot. So I think that in itself shows that it was a good performance across across the team when so many players are picking up a vote. Is that everybody who started apart from the keeper? No Max Power either. I thought Max had a good game yesterday. I thought they all, they, that's what I'm saying, that they all played well yesterday. They were all, they were all like sevens, solid sevens, weren't they really? Maybe the odd eight in there. Right, we've got no game next Saturday because we've got some players away on international duty, which is always an honour for the club to have players selected to play for the countries. Josh McGuinness is going off with Northern Ireland and Keane and McLean are both away with the Republic, who've got a bit of a glamour game against Belgium, which led to the cancellation of the Burton Albion game next Saturday, which, I'll be honest with you, had me cussing at first because I was one of the gullible people who just thought, oh, this game's going ahead on a Saturday. I'll nip down and get my tickets, and I did do. And then it was called off. Do you think there was a bit of an oversight in the club, though? They could have announced it before they did, or is it just... I think the Republic of Ireland were about two or three days behind Northern Ireland, weren't they, in announcing the squad so I don't think that helped matters really did it so I suppose we if we were selling tickets I guess we had to start didn't we at some point so yeah I mean I don't I, don't, I wouldn't blame our club really I think it's just you, you, one of those things you just go back to the famous question don't you from Watergate what what did the club know and when did they know it if they've worked on the information they've got and put it on sale because they didn't they didn't know that the players were being called up then you can't really argue can you yeah, cheers, David Frost. I think they must have been in conversation, though, because I'm sure FAs contact clubs and say, is Will Keane fit and is James McLean fit, yeah. don't they? they? They must have been in conversation. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's off. And it's going to be played on a Tuesday night and I'll still be going. Yeah, you got, uh, what, we've got some decent away games coming up, haven't we? Some nice little... Yeah. Obviously got the um, Lincoln game as well. Which I'll be there for that. We're going to yeah. go to Lincoln. Yeah, and uh, Shrewsbury's a, night, a lovely place as well. Yeah, and don't forget, we've got a midweek trip to Portsmouth if anybody fancies that one. Yeah, Paul said he'd drive that one. <laughs> yeah. He'll be driving on his own. <laughs> I can get accommodation down there. Um, right. Have I heard the Ipswich game's been switched as well? Well, that's been talked about this now, hasn't it? To Tuesday, with it being shown on Sky, but it's not nothing's been announced yet. Which will probably work in our favour slightly because we've got uh, the Cambridge, Cambridge on the Friday, haven't we? And it's to give yeah. us an extra day's rest. Yeah. Yeah, Good Friday, isn't it? Will it be a Good Friday? Well, Could be promotion crossed. Friday. This week in League One, there is only one midweek game and it's uh, playoff chasing Plymouth Argyle who are at home to Cheltenham. 
the informed team, aren't they? Cheltenham at the moment playing really well. Um, got one of, as we'll move on to in a moment. They've got one of the top scorers in the league, haven't they? They have Plymouth are the informed team. Yeah, Plymouth are the have, have won all five last five in the form table. So yeah, so it's going to be a a, a game of uh, the two of the form teams, but it's not really, is it? Because we're the, we're not playing and we're a form team as well. Golden Boot, the standings at the moment in League One. Ross Stewart, 22 goals and two assists from 39 games. Second place, Will Keane, with 19 goals and five assists from 35 games. Alfie May, 19 goals and three assists. Cole Stockton, 19 goals and three assists. Matty Taylor at Oxford, 19 goals and one assist. And then down in sixth position is Michael Smith of Rotherham with 18 goals and six assists. So the big question is, is Will Keane going to make those three goals up and Ross Stewart and get the golden boot? Well, he's got, he's got every chance, hasn't he? Um, yep. We've got extra games on Sunderland, haven't we? Is it two? Or... two yeah, two games. Yeah, two extra games on Sunderland. So, you know, if you just say if he can if he can bag one in each of those games, you know, that's two. That, that's, he's only one behind. As it stands at the moment, he's only have to, he's only going to have to finish level, isn't he? Because I think he'll he'll win it one. He on assists. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that Sunderland fans say about Ross Stewart. How he has hands in all the goals, but obviously with just two assists this season and towards Keane's five, I don't see how that's the case. I think Keane is an, an all round player. I don't like Stewart. He's not my type of player. He's, he's just a bit of a lump for me. Uh, where at least Will Keane is a footballer. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Stewart as a, a big improvement for Sunderland in any way, shape or form. And Wyke, despite what the Sunderland fans said at the start of the season, I think for me, Wyke is an all-round better player and he scores goals as well. So I, I thought that was a bit odd when they said all Charlie Wyke is is a goal scorer and it's all because of Aidan McGeady. I don't remember Aidan McGeady playing for us when he was scoring, having that magic run in sort of October for us. Yeah, I, th- I think if you look at the, the games played and the the goal conversion rate, um, if you go to the far columns, Keane's 32% goal conversion from shots, whereas Ross Stewart's only 23 and Alfie May's 26. So... <laughs> You know, I I, th- I think yes is definitely the answer. He definitely can win the golden boot. Yeah, he'd have won it by now if he'd have scored. When, when we talk about goal conversion with Will Keane, it's not like as such he's missing half chances, is it? When he's missed, he's missed some stinkers. <laughs> Literally, like he missed one under the bar once. It looked like it was it was harder to miss. Was that, I think that might have been Rotherham early in the season at home. It was. He, he yeah. missed some absolute sitters, but you know, end of the day, he's in there to miss them, which is for me. If you keep going back in there, you will get the goals because he's taking up great positions and it's a fantastic story. I, I, I like the story of Roy, uh, Roy Keane, <laughs> Will Keane, and uh, just basically back. He's a bit. He's like the club, isn't he? Really, like the Phoenix. He's just sort of rose from the flames. His career was pretty much going going nowhere. He came training with us. We offered him a short-term contract. It took him ages to get fit. Then when he did get fit, he got COVID. 
Well, then he came back again and really played a big part with Lange and keeping us in the division. And this season, his form's been phenomenal. You know, he's, he's, he's probably scored more this season than he's scored in all his career put together. Yeah, it's amazing what our players can do when he's working with good coaches, isn't it? And how they can come on. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Credit. Right, I'll just uh, give a quick review of the table. Rotherham in first place on 80 points with 39 games played. We're second on 79 points with 37 games played, so with two games in hand on them. And then MK Dons are in third place <laughs> with 76 points and 39 games played. My reckoning, 90, 90 points gets us promoted and quite possibly wins us the title as well. That's how I've looked at it, which is another 11 points from nine games. And as soon as we're on two points a game, I think it's in the bag. Yeah. And one thing oh. uh, I, you know, I, I said yesterday, I made a bit of a ball that we'd win the league by five points. And I think that's doable. I think we can win the league by, uh, by five points. It's been a two-horse race for quite a while, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's no, it's basically a two-horse race for promotion between MK Dons and Rotherham with us up. Yeah, well, it's developing that way, yeah. Well done to the Walkers for uh, making it all in one piece and uh, raised the tidy sum as well. So well done to everybody involved in that, especially Jimmy who organised it and, yeah, um, yeah donated to Josie School. So well done. On Wednesday, uh, we've got a special edition with an employee of the club joining us for a chat. I'm not going to mention who it is, but I think everybody will be fascinated to uh, listen to what he has to say. Anyway, on that, it's a goodbye from me, and it's all the ticks. Come on. All the ticks. sunshine ticks. <laughs> <laughs>